05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And uh, we got Josh Landon here straight out of San Diego, which is uh, sounding really good to me here in, in, in the Midwest right about this time of year. But thanks for being here, Josh. Yeah, I appreciate having me. It's a it's a balmy 60, like four degrees right now. <laughs> when pretty, you have to, well, you do have yeah. the winter hat on. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like to fake it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the seasons never really show up, I just try yeah. and like falsely create them. I like it. Well, <laughs> we were talking before, uh, you're a Philly fan. Does that mean you yep. grew up around that area? Yeah, my folks are from there. Okay, so you know what cold uh, weather is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to visit. And yeah. maybe go back for for a birds game in the winter, but other than that, I have no problem being by the beach. I'm scared to go to a birds game. All the things I've heard about you fans <laughs> out there, man, like I, just like horror stories of. Yeah, you know now it's 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 gotten a little bit better. Has it? But when when I was growing up, going to games at the vet. Yeah. Now that was legitimate. Really? Right? There yeah. was I saw people getting their ass kicked constantly. Now, like you know the the iPhones and all that shit's kind of tamed everything down, yeah, right? Because right. no one wants to get busted right away, but they had a jail underneath the bet. Yeah, I remember so like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. you like get in a little tussle and then they, you know, just <laughs> right there. But nowadays, like the, all the games that I've been to through the years since it's been at Lincoln Financial, I, I haven't seen a whole heck of a lot. I mean, they say some nasty shit, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, it all happens outside the stadium. Now, oh, yeah. Like on your way oh, in. The, oh, I've seen... The crazy. Yeah. I mean, people, it's like why you would want to walk through there with the opposing teams, especially yeah. like Dallas or right, you know, right. something that's yeah. really hated. I don't know why you'd want it just to like, just to watch them play and just watch it on TV. Yeah. You know, or just like, wear like, an Eagles jersey. Yeah, just fake it. Just yeah, fake right. it. Especially if you see these families going in, like, you right. know, they got little yeah. kids and it's, yep. I mean, my wife is, we've been at the games and like the fans, like the language is just so, it's one thing to be fired up. It's another yeah. thing, like every other word F-bomb, two hours. Yep. Right. You know, you're yep. like, just come on. The players yeah. don't even care. They just work here. So chill out. Right. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah, I did. We got off on a sidetrack there for sure, but that's all right. Big NFL guy. 
Yeah, um, it's football. Football's all. Yeah, and about. it's it's Talk about. this time of year. You know, this is this is where it's, it's getting at. Getting good. So, yeah, it's getting good. But uh, we could transition here back. Uh, championship leadership's the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? Oh man, um, you know, I think like the I, I think like the the motivator for me is is to compete and to disrupt and continue to, to perform at the highest level. And I, I use sports as, as an example to a lot of the things I talk about yeah. with, with the team here at, at Ashland and Villager and all the businesses I've done before this. And, you know, I just perform getting the business to perform at the highest level and be as perfect as possible, really. Right. Cause mm-hmm. in my opinion, all I can control is, is being perfect and getting it to the shelf. Right. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I can, I've gotten pretty close to like being able to control whether people buy it once or not. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's really out of my hands. So yeah. my focus is always, you know, building that championship team and process all the way through to where I just can't control it anymore. Yeah. Constant work in progress. Right, right. Well, uh, tell us, you have a very interesting story and, and I guess we'll say bio or background. So yeah, for those that don't know you, yeah, a little bit of the path that got you to where you're at today and what you're up to today. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's pretty unconventional. Um, I grew up in Ventura, which is here in Southern California, about 30 minutes south of Santa Barbara, um, just north of Los Angeles. And, you know, grew up at the beach surfing, skateboarding, and kind of, you know, playing all the sports. I, I was an awful student, which is funny because my my mom went to the University of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and very scholarly. And then there mm-hmm. was me. Like, what a disappointment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> You've done all right. So from, yeah. from an academic <laughs> standpoint, you know, yeah. I think I I never really saw the benefit of school. You know, they weren't teaching me the things that I knew I was never going to use algebra to right? Or biology or chemistry, none of that shit. You know, I knew that would never, I would never go anywhere near those fields of work. And I fell in love with surfing and ultimately fell in love with surf films. And I, I turned myself into a filmmaker straight out of high school, making surf films and filming surfing and, and uh, traveling around the world, ultimately filming surfing and making documentaries and, you know, won a lot of film festivals and, and, and started directing music videos. And I was a working filmmaker, which I don't know what's harder to do, be a beverage entrepreneur yeah. or like a working filmmaker. Yeah. I would I would argue being a working filmmaker is a little bit harder. So for me, it was that's what I was doing. You know, my my wife and I, we've been together since we were 15, and what we had two kids and when I had the idea for St. Archer, which was, which was totally random on a surf trip, my two of my buddies were on tour, the surf tour and a tequila brand approached them about investing in the company and being an ambassador for them. And they asked me what I thought. And I said, I think beer would be a better fit. And I said, why don't we do a beer? You know, I'm going to do a beer. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, Are you drinking beers like, at the time? Not really. That's no. the funny thing is I've never okay. really been like a huge drinker. Okay. You know, I would enjoy beers with my friends and 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 my wife Janine, and but nothing like I wasn't like a brewer. Yeah. You know, I wasn't right. super into craft beer. I wasn't making craft beer in my bathtub, <laughs> yeah. like you know, right. like every other kind of craft beer story yeah. out there. And 
but I knew, but beer was always around, especially, you know, skateboarding and surfing and, you know, Bud and Miller and Coors and Paps and Pacifico and using our culture to promote mm-hmm. their brands and, you know, like real California culture, skateboarding yeah. and uh, surfing and art, film, photography, like real authentic California, not so much the bullshit you see, like board shorts in Malibu. That's yeah. not, no one, yeah. no one lives like that here. That's like grew up here. Right. So I think I thought, you know, could we do a more authentic version? And I knew a lot of pro skateboarders from making films and snowboarders and surfers and you know, could I bring everybody together and, and create a brand that is really authentic to us? And St. Archer was that. And I went home mm-hmm. and told my wife that I was going to quit making movies and I'm going to build a brewery in San Diego because that was the, is the craft beer capital of the U.S. And she said, I'll find us a place to live. And my, my three and a half year old daughter and my, my six month old son and, and her and I, we, we moved down to San Diego to raised $3 million. And I didn't even know what a capital raise was. Man, that's Found cool. a place to live and built a 17,000 square foot brewery here in town and freaking went bananas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I awesome. mean, it was, how, you know, I think like looking back, you know, raising $3 million, a lot of folks ask, yeah, I think that's probably one of the more co- common questions is how do you raise money? Right. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to know that they, that's how you get a business off the ground. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of the, you know, getting people to really see your vision and believe in you as a leader of the business that you're talking to them about, I'm not sure how much of that is a learned quality. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's either in you or it's yeah. not. I think for me, I've always had that ability to lead and I coached water polo once I was done playing water polo in high school and you know, running this business is a lot like coaching, right? Like you're, yeah. you're the leader, you know, it's your vision for the way the team should work and the way the business should go. And I, you know, I think also I jumped into the deep end, you know, a lot of people that I met with just normal folks like me and you or talking to me and hearing, they're like, sounds great. This guy just moved his family <laughs> to a new place. I yeah. mean, this has to work. Right. That's where when people are, you know, they have like these plan B's or they're working another job that this is like a side hustle. I felt like the only way I was going to raise 3 million bucks is if I was completely in the deep end and people could kind of feel that desperation of this fucking has to work mm-hmm. by any means necessary. Right. And I, I think that's a, that's a really great thing to add to the folks out there that are thinking they're raising money. Like, you got to be all in, man. People can feel it when you're all in. Most of the people don't know anything about your product or the industry you're in, none of that. But they can feel your passion because they're only investing in you. They're not investing in your business. Mm-hmm. Right? And I kind of understood that pretty early. And I think sure. that's what that's what really helped. And people probably thought I was going to, you know, they're like, well, We'll put in 25 grand. We'll get some free beer, you know, t-shirts. He'll probably fuck it up anyways. Right. Right. And, you know, ended up being a pretty good deal. What's, uh, how much of the experience as a filmmaker prior do you see transitioned into helping you with this new venture? I think a lot. Um, you know, filmmakers are very entrepreneurial thing, right? You're Mm -hmm. creatively coming up with whatever story you want to tell. Yeah. 
you're producing it, you know, filming it, editing it, finding distribution for it, you know, marketing it, Mm -hmm. you know, you're really doing all facets. And a lot of those things carry over into, you know, running a business. And as a filmmaker, it was really just me and maybe a couple other people, right? It wasn't this huge team. And so you're doing pretty much everything. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and it's all about how hard you want to work and how creative you can be to, to make you successful. It's it's really all on you. Yeah. And that's that's really similar. Yeah. Uh, it's it's much different now. I think the hardest thing now that I still have a hard time with is is managing people's personalities. Right. That's a challenge. Yeah. Especially at this level or these people's careers, right? That are working with me. Yeah. And it feels like even maybe in today's day and age more than ever too, right? Oh man. With their personalities. And, oh and, uh, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's a different time, man. Yeah, for sure. You a fan of point break? I love point break. I mean, who doesn't love point well, break? I mean, yeah, I definitely do, but uh, yeah, I, you I know, I, I figured that could have went one or two ways, either like, you know, that story you were upbringing either really loved it or maybe you don't because of some of the things that they portray about. I mean, I still world. yell at people all the time. Utah. Two. <laughs> Johnny, Utah. Yeah. yeah give me two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I point break legendary, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know if like a lot of times you're making fun of it, right? Like yeah. really you're making sure. fun of it. Cause I still don't know anybody that talks like that. Not <laughs> right. Anybody that, right. <laughs> but uh, Hollywood <laughs> has always butchered surfing, good skateboarding too, but, but surfing yeah. has been, man, geez. So how old are you? 42. 42. So you grew up kind of down there w- with the skateboarding. So there yeah. was a, and I, you know, so I'm, this is a, this is a Hail Mary here, but uh, I read a book about a seal that was a, a skateboarder in that area. Navy seal. He, went, he was pro for a little bit, man. I wish I could remember his name. I'll shoot it to you. But uh, he ended up doing some commercials and stuff. And it seemed like that same time of, of era that you were kind of growing up in. So. Yeah, I think like, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of those folks down I'm here sure. in Southern California. Yeah. It's kind of the natural progression. Maybe when you realize I'm not going to be a pro that's going to like make a yeah. living doing this. That was the same thing for me with making surf films. I quickly yeah. realized I'm probably not going to be a pro surfer. Pro surf. <laughs> so the, you know, the next, the next best thing is traveling around the world with the world's best. And, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good run. What was it like? So you leave film and you, you decide to start a beer company because your buddies want to get sponsored by a tequila company. And then all of a sudden you got companies like Anheuser-Busch and Coors coming after you to buy you out. What is that like? Yeah, it was a crazy experience because it was so fast, right? St. Archer was only a couple of years old before you know we got into that process. And um, obviously I'd never been through anything like that before. And, you know, I think you... For me, a lot of it was, you know, wanting to partner with someone. First and foremost, I wanted St. Archer to be a national craft brand, mm-hmm. right? We, I felt like we had one of the best craft beer companies in the country as an independent craft. And that's what I thought it deserved. It deserved yeah. to be a national business. And I thought Coors would be the one to take us there. And yeah. that was incorrect. But I think on a personal level, aside from like, knowing I could make this decision to change a lot of the folks' lives that were investors in the company, a lot of them like really close friends. Yeah. I wanted to see how I would feel after. Right? You can you can say all the things about what you would do if, but when you really have the chance to have this 
you know, really like life-changing financial event. Yeah. You know, how do you feel on the other side of that? Right. Do you still say it's not about the money? Right. Like everybody likes to say. Right. Right. Because it sounds good because you sound like a an asshole if you're like, yeah, I do everything for the money. Yeah. Right. You know, like so nobody says that. Or if you just know there's never going to be like this massive financial um, impact on your life, it's easy to say, I don't do anything for the money. Right. You don't really have a shot at really making life changing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. um, I wanted to see how I'd feel when it was all there laid out in front of me and come to find out I don't do it for the money. I was going to um, say, how's it feel? Yeah. It, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't yeah. have any feeling. It's kind of sad in a way because I wasn't like proud of myself. I, I wasn't like, you know, it was nice to be able to buy a home and, you know, maybe drive a little bit nicer cars, but nothing that's like really, you know, the contentment is really what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and that wasn't there. And yeah. I think that's when I, that was, I, I wasn't even comfortable calling myself an entrepreneur until a couple of years ago. And I definitely wasn't when I started St. Archer, you know, mm-hmm. people just throw that word around now because they listen to podcasts and they read fucking fast company. Right. So right. they, they say they're an entrepreneur, but most of the people that say that have not, not haven't even started a business, let alone multiple. Right. right. So St. Archer, I was just a business owner. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's yeah. just that that's who I was until I figured out, well, I guess I'm not that. And that's kind of half the battle too, figuring out yeah. who you are what motivates you. And for me, the thrill of building a business and competing with brands that are much bigger than me and disrupting them. And that's what gets me going, come to find Mm -hmm. out, right? I wanted to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And it had nothing to do with the financial part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So where does that have you today? What's, what are you up to today? Yeah, doing a so I started a holding company called Wings and Arrow, and we develop alcohol brands underneath that. So we own a, a hard seltzer business called Ashland. We just launched a canned cocktail business called Villager Spirits, and we have a hard lemonade business coming sometime next year. And I got a couple more ideas in the pipeline, and it's fun now. I have like my my kind of brand incubator, brand house where everything I can kind of create goes under one roof with, with one staff. And it's been pretty nice, man. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah, absolutely. Who are some of the championship leaders or, you know, mentors, coaches that you've had along that journey that have impacted you? And what is it kind of specifically that, what are some of those characteristics maybe from a few of those folks that have stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, none. none? I no one. Any, yeah. No one. Okay. I haven't really had anybody that, you know, I've definitely had people. Um, how about, how about, have you, uh, I mean, have my, you I think, had that impact on others? Gosh, I mean, people say really nice things that yeah. um, I've, I've kind of inspired them to maybe do a business that they had in mind and which is very flattering. I think probably the, the biggest one would probably be my mom and Janine, you know, my, my wife, mm-hmm. for, you know, I think my mom in the beginning when I was young, um, like I said, I wasn't a, a good student. She was like the perfect student, but it was never like a fight. She always right. supported me and would always tell me throughout my life, like that I could do whatever I kind of put my mind to. And she always would say that she just knows that I'll be fine. You know, never like 
she would never say, I know you'll be rich or I know you'll be this or that. She just always said, I, I know I don't have to worry about you. And that kind of gave me that confidence that I really could do anything. I really put my mind to, I believed her. And then, you know, Janine, my wife has been the biggest support, you know, and I think I've become a better person because of her. And in turn, that's made me a better leader of these businesses throughout the years. And she would probably sit here and tell you that it's been a long road of trying to make me yeah. that and a better yeah, person. Right. And, you know, you go through a lot of shit as, as a, a married couple when, when one of you is a serial entrepreneur and constantly yeah, pushing the envelope, right. right? It takes a very, very large strain on your loved ones, your kids, your, your folks, your friends, your, your spouse, and they don't get enough credit for that, right? Like a lot of yeah. people's dreams die with their spouse, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, yeah. I want to do X. And their spouse goes, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> exactly. You right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. to have that has probably been like the biggest, the biggest reason why I've been successful is to have that supportive partner, knowing that she's down for, for whatever yeah. I can kind of come up with in my head. That's a huge comfort, man. And then on it, I don't read a ton of business books or, or uh, any of that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. you know, there is, there is two guys that have stood out to me and Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney. You know, he's a phenomenal leader and risk taker, even not really as an entrepreneur, but as a CEO, the way he leads from what I've seen is, has been an inspiration for sure. And then, Howard Schultz, it's a you know, similar type story, the way he's built Starbucks from an entrepreneurial background and yeah. the things he says in, in a lot of his stuff I, is what I say. So yeah. it's nice to look at someone who's gone to the top of how big you can build a business from nothing, right? And right. Uh, the dude had nothing. So I think I draw inspiration from those two often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's the vision for you? I, you know, championship leadership. I think great leaders have great vision, also kind of a unique vision. A lot of times they can kind of see things that maybe others don't or that other people think is crazy, right? And then they have the courage to take action. What's your vision? Maybe even, you know, short term, five, 10 years from now with what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, building these alcohol businesses into what they can be. And, I think that the the simple answer a lot of times is people, you know, build something to profitability or or like going to the biggest scale that you can. But, you know, for me, and then maybe an exit, right? If you're fortunate, you're like one percent of the one percent. You yeah, you you have an exit. I like the idea of I think the alcohol business is a sexy one that I think yeah. a lot of people would want to be involved with, and especially my brands that are kind of beyond beer right into this new realm of hard seltzer, canned cocktails, like, mm-hmm. you know, hard, hard lemonade, all these different things that are beyond beer. And it, you know, could an entity like that, that has, you know, four or five brands, it's doing a hundred million dollars in business. Could that be something that you could take public? Yeah. You know, maybe. Right. And that doesn't happen every day. Really. It hasn't yeah. happened successfully since Boston beer. And, you know, is there room to build a new age Boston beer? Yeah. You know, it might not be that big, but it doesn't need to be that big either. Right. And so I think for me, that's, that's where my head is now. Mm-hmm. I think like, you know, selling a brand for, you know, 30, $50 million, whatever, hundred million, whatever. I think, you know, I think it, it sounds more exciting to take them all to the highest level. And yeah. if you can yeah. be that premier brand house in the country 
for beyond beer businesses. I think that has a nice ring to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was uh, wings and arrows? Where does that come from? What's what's the significance there? If there is one, wing. Yeah, there is wings and arrow is the logo for Saint Archer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's an arrow okay. going through a wing. So that was the firstborn, and and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, might as well carry it on. Even, carry that little, name even, on, right? even if it's yeah. just an LLC name, like you know, yeah, got to get absolutely. it in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. What is uh, let's say a critical moment, kind of a uh, fork in the road type moment for you where? You know, uh-huh. you did make the decision that you did, which has you here today. But had you decided differently in that moment, right? Because I think that's a we all have probably many of these. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people in that moment right now, especially with the last couple of years we've been going through. And it's always hard for people to decide, you know, they're getting pulled both ways. They want to know how it's going to work out before they make the decision, which obviously isn't uh-huh. going to happen. So is there a moment that kind of comes to mind for you? I think it's there's a lot of power in here and others people's stories in, you know, and how they d- decided during those times. Yeah. 100%. I think, I mean, and there's obviously been a ton of pivotal moments mm-hmm. that, that, that go all the way back to childhood. Right. But, you know, as it pertains to business, there's, when I had the idea for St. Archer, uh, Mikey Taylor, who's a, who was a pro skater at the time and Paul Rodriguez also a pro skater still now. And both of them were superstars in their careers. You know, Paul, the face of Nike and, um, Mikey, the face of DC shoes. And, you know, we, when I had the idea for St. Archer, I went to them and said, what do you guys think? Should we do this? And they said, we'll put money in, in trying to get this thing off the ground. And they would have never, you know, it would have never happened if it wasn't for those two. And, but we had a conversation in a diner in, in uh, downtown Los Angeles. And it was, you know, we've been talking about St. Archer and trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, you kind of get to a point when you have this idea where the rubber meets the road Mm -hmm. and where you go, look, either you're going to stop fucking talking about it, right? do it, or just shut the fuck up and you're not doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's where it was. Uh And um, Mikey and Paul, like I said, they're superstar skateboarders, right? That's, that's how they made a living. That's how they provided for their families. And the conversation was like, Hey, this is a great idea, Josh, (laughs) You say, yes, we're, we're doing it. You know, yeah. we'll put, we'll put some money in to get it going. And, you know, you can pay your rent, you know, if you drop everything and if not, then dude, great idea. And that's it. And I said, I'm fuck, I'm in yeah. when you put it like that, let's, let's rock and roll. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that was it. I, that's when I drove home from downtown LA to Ventura, told Janine one month later, we were living in San Diego in that moment. I just knew that I, I couldn't look back and not do it. You know, like I just couldn't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. just the regret would have been too gnarly, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just, that was it. Why San Diego? It's the craft capital of the U S is it feel like I was supposed to know that it being the craft beer capital of the U S it was kind of like, it was kind of, I don't know. It it, it was like a big fish in a big pond type thing. I could have done it. Ventura yeah. You know, there's a hundred thousand people that live there and, and, you know, I probably could have been a big fish in a, in a really small pond, mm-hmm. but like, like the championship mentality that we're yeah. talking about, like if you, if you really are a competitor and, and you want to beat the biggest and the best. Right. right? And I, yeah. and San Diego was the biggest and the best. So yeah. I said, that if I sense. could be a big fish here, then did I'll probably do all right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
as we start to wrap this up, if there's, you know, one or two things we could leave with the listeners that if they, you know, were to put into play in their life right now, it'd help move them forward. What might be that? Yeah, I think like, I think number one, it's probably just looking in the mirror and, and trying to figure out, like I said earlier, like what kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first step. You know, if yeah. you like honestly say, like, take all of the ego and everything out of it. Are you an employee? Are you a business owner? Or are you an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I think, and all three of those things are great, right? Not one right. isn't better than the other, but like figuring out who you really are and what your, what your motives are, I think is a, is a really good first step, right? You, yep. you know, it's like, and it's inside, it's like, you can feel it. It's like this, this burning inside you where you go, no, 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 I want to start a business. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, right. And if you go, yeah, it sounds cool to start a business. Um, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Maybe it's better if you're an employee, right? Yeah. And then if you say, dude, I want to get into this and I want to change the game. I want to keep changing the game. I want to, you know, like, then maybe you're an entrepreneur. And then I think like, you know, number two and three really should be like number one always, but like, it sounds easy to, to, to think of, but really working hard, like yeah. really like fucking like really working hard though. Not like, you know, where it's like number one, mm-hmm. right. Where you're, you're not going to let anybody else who's competing with you outwork you. Yeah. And that means a lot of different things, right? right? That, that, that means you're missing birthdays and you're fucking missing holidays and you're having a kid and you're emailing from the hospital. Like I mm-hmm. was, and right. Like there's, there's like, and when your wife or your husband is pissed off at you and you you're going to work anyways, <laughs> right. right? Like yeah. there, those are the types of things where like, that's the hard work and it's yeah. uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for people who, who love you and who you love and, um, but that's what it takes, man. Yeah. That's like, that's yeah. what it takes. Like it, it, it takes that. And then I think having like a really high, highest level that you can of humility mm-hmm. and, and realizing like, I'm not great at everything. Like I know what I'm good at. I know what I really suck at. Yeah. And then, and when you have that kind of humility, then you can go out and attract the best talent that shares your vision to work with you. And ultimately those are the folks that are going to take you to the next level. Yeah. Like if you don't, yeah. you don't have Scotty Pippen, you know, it's pretty right. tough to like really get, get that bulls train going in the nineties. Right. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. You need, you need the top of the top talent mm-hmm. and you can't get that. If you have this massive ego and you think you can do everything and you're the best and blah, 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 blah. Like it just right. doesn't happen for you. So I think those, those, those are pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. Um, what are a few ways folks can follow you a little bit more on social media, anything like that? Yeah, just our brand, Ashland Hard Seltzer and uh, Villager Spirits. And then okay. I'm on there, Josh Landon. Just, you know, I don't yeah. post all the time, but yeah. it's on yeah. there. It exists. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I appreciate you uh, coming on today. It's been a great conversation. For uh, sure, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. All righty. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. 
I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see him focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. Look, I said it, then I meant it, I probably 